Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. You know, if you walked into church 20 or so years ago, you would have heard those songs. They're, they're, they were tools that were used at that time to, to express to the Lord. <laughs> and when we sing them now, it just reminds us of how good he was then, how faithful he has been since then. And we would gather together, and, and those songs 20 years ago, would, a lot of them would have been newer songs, you know. And we gathered, and uh, often uh, so many of us would be wearing clothes like Pastor Jonathan and I are wearing today. But, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of this is making me feel just a little Little bit, a bit old, but but that's all right. Because getting old, how many know this? Getting old is not what it used to be. You know, we are told that today's seniors are living not only longer but more active lives than any generation before them, and uh, some of us even refuse. You know, we just push away the whole idea of being old, and we just keep it out of our our, our headspace. And uh, we just, okay, we're in denial, but but we are not going to accept about getting old. And so, you know, I've spoken at over uh, 20 camps uh, across Canada over the years, and I've sort of taken a bit of personal pride in the fact that never once have I been asked to speak at a, a seniors camp until two years ago. I almost hung up on the guy who asked, you know, why would you ask me to speak at a seniors camp? You know, I mean, I'm the kind, I'll go into Shoppers Drug Mart on a Thursday and go up to the cashier with my potential purchase, and if he or she so much as looks at me and says, you know, Thursday, do you want the seniors discount? I give them a look as if to say, how could you ever even look at me and think that I qualified to be of that age. And then uh, Pastor Jonathan has had on his heart to uh, see generations just accepting of one another. What great pastoral leadership. And uh, so um, today we begin a series about the generations. And, he, and so he asked me, would I, would I teach representing the boomers generation? And immediately, of course, I thought, well, Dr. Van was on our staff for so many years, he'd so much more relate to being old, but of course I'll I'll do what I can to help, and uh, and I was doing fine with it, had some thoughts, until he sent a series description, and for this weekend, here's the first verse he put in the description, even when I am old and gray. Now I just got stuck there, why is he sending this to me? (laughs) Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Now, even God seems to rub it in with Joshua, one of the Bible heroes, 
when he gets older, listen to what he says. He says, now Joshua was old and stricken in years. I mean, it sounds like a, a disease that you're stricken with. Old age is like a disease. And, and so he's registered, enough said, right? But then he goes on, and the Lord said unto him, Joshua, you're old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. You know, it's like, Joshua, you're getting up there, you're stricken in years. Thanks, Lord, you really know how to make a guy's day. Anyway, do you understand or bring back memories any of these items that are here? Yeah, no, this is not a series about the antique roadshow. <laughs> but, you know, telephones that actually had limiting cords on them, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, encyclopedias before Dr. Google, you know, and then this typewriter, how many um, nights did I stay up with five years of post-secondary education typing out essays and book, record, book reports, and you'd hear this hammering of a, of a typewriter, and uh, listen, if you were born between 19... 46 to 1964, you probably recognize some of these items because you're a boomer. Now, why is my generation labeled boomer? Because after World War II, there was a baby boom and population explosion. And, uh, and so there's lots of us, so much so that, and we're going to hear about the generations these weekends, but we so dom dominate the demographics in Canada and other Western nations that the next generation is often referred to as Generation X. You know, they're Xers, you know. But what are boomers known for? Some say they're the worst generation. Uh, a person in our church thoughtfully sent along a couple of books to help us out, you know. One of them was, was uh, entitled this, a, a Generation of Sociopaths, How the Baby Boomers Betrayed America. And that's how some perceive this generation. You, the, you're, you're, you're selfish. You're, it's all about you. There's so many of you. You bulldoze the other generations. We're blamed for polluting the planet and prioritizing materialism. The generation before us was called the greatest generation, right? The greatest generation, someone says, gets credit for winning World War II and braving the Depression. But the baby boomers, all they get credit for is knowing how to order a tall, skim, double latte. <laughs> but then there are those who call the boomers just the, the very best generation. And a book was written, The Greater Generation, in defense of the baby boom legacy. And, and boomers can take credit for the civil rights movement, the women's liberation movement, the countercultural movement, the prosperity gospel movement. I mean, and we like things big, don't we? Huge corporations, sprawling suburbs, supersizing our fries, and going to mega churches. So, which are we? Are, are, which are the boomers? Are, are, are they the, the goat? Or are they the black sheep of the generation? So I'll leave that question for others to answer. The question I want to help us answer today is this. How can boomers who live for Jesus make a big, mega 
supersized impact on the other generations. Much like King David, when he got older, started to prayerfully ponder, and he wrote these words in Psalm 78 about stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Oh, I love this. So the next generation might know. That's what's above the, uh, the, the entrance to the children's wing that we boomers and all the generations work together to build for, for, for the younger generations. Even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And so I, uh, I was thinking about this and what David says. And I think that we can, we can sort of, you know, listen, this typewriter, one thing about these typewriters that we used to use <laughs> It, it didn't just put ink on the surface of paper. The ink could disappear and you'd still see the indent of the typewriter keys on the paper because it imprinted deeper. I pray that what we're talking about today would imprint something deeper, not only on boomers, but every generation. And, and here's what I, I want to just type into your hearts, imprint into your hearts the, the boomers. Dear boomer, Honor the generation before you and impact the generations after you. Do you hear King David? He says, our, what our ancestors handed down to us. I so admire the way that, that King David of the Old Testament wrote this psalm, recognizing that what he has today is because of the sacrifice and the faithfulness of generations yesterday. It's the same in the church. Listen, all we do, and Pastor Jonathan is so good at, at, at talking about this and, and honoring generations of the past and, uh, and, and, and helping us understand that what we have today, not just the building that we have, but the spiritual fire and the heritage that we have is because of generations who were faithful and sacrificed before us. You know, I I have um, here with me today, haven't looked at it for years, but I opened it up this past week, Grandpa's Bible. And uh, I, I was a little boy, lived in Newfoundland, but was spending the summer with my grandparents who lived in Ottawa. They sent me to vacation Bible school, sort of a summer program, a uh, spiritual program for, for children at that time. And... Uh, and, and he, he, I didn't have a Bible with me, so he gave me one of his, and I just never gave it back. And, and, and I, I have letters in here that my grandpa wrote to me. I have um, all kinds of people, the classmates from college who went and served other people and some that were murdered because of their faith in Jesus. And, and I just put people in there that just, they challenge me, they inspire me. And some of you that have been around would know like Charles Yates and uh, of course, Pastor Stuart Mulligan and Auntie Kay, Kay Kerr, and, and just, just so many people that have impacted my life because, you know, I, I came home after my study time 
here in this building, and, and, and at lunchtime, Esther said, my wife said, you're, you're, you're so emotional. And I said, I know, I've just been reading notes and people from the past in, in Grandpa's Bible. She knew what I was referring to, and just, just the impact, because they say to me, Keith, be faithful. It's your turn now. <laughs> Don't get crusty in your senior years. Be faithful to the finish. And uh, keep going to the finish line. Live for what matters. So honor the generation before you. But look at this. Impact the generations after you. Did you see the Globe and Mail article last week about boomers getting spiritual? Let me quote just one part of it. We, we have spent our whole lives, talking about boomers, working and building our careers. We worked long hours. Boomers turned busyness into a virtue. Now boomers are faced with the question, who am I now that I no longer have the job? Who am I now without the title or staff or colleagues? Who am I without the kids at home? These are questions around identity and purpose. The writer says they're fundamentally religious questions. But I want to tell you, as a follower of Jesus, we know that the, 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 one of the greatest purposes of our life is to make Jesus known to others, but in a way that impacts the next generation so that they can impact the generation that comes after them should Jesus not return for us. So how can, how can boomers, seriously, how can boomers impact the next generation? Let me give you four actions, all right? Four actions that we can take. First one is to mentor. Now, don't be thrown off by that word mentor. I don't know how many t people have asked me over my over 40 years of pastoring, would you be, would you be my mentor? You know, just asking me. And, and so I've learned to ask them, what do you mean by that? Because sometimes they mean, you know, if we'll just go through the same book together and discuss the chapters, sort of a reading club that you're mentoring me, or I'm going to list off my biggest life questions and you be my spiritual guru and give me the answer and then I'll leave and I'll be, be mentored. And, and listen, all of those are, are, can be significantly helpful elements in mentoring somebody. Uh, years ago, my wife invited a group of uh, younger women uh, to a breakfast on Sunday mornings. And each week she would invite an older woman of the church family to come and share their life story and how they had proven God and lessons that they had learned. And there was a whole lot of mentoring going on. And, and that is a, such a, a special piece of mentoring. But mentoring happens so much more organically than that, more ongoingly than that, when you get involved in people's lives of different generations. Thank God we're part of a multi-generational church where this is a possibility. Uh, you volunteer uh, for ministry, or you're working in outreaches to the community alongside people of older generations. And you see the way they treat people. You get talking to them about how they proved God when they went through a tough time, their own trials. You see how they handle money. You can even talk to them about stuff they've learned about that, how they do life. And, and more of this is going to come through in our teaching, but, but mentor. Let's just register. One way we can impact is mentor. The, a second way is empower. Empower. 
A lot of writers, get this now, don't miss this, a lot of writers observe that boomers are not the best generation when it comes to turning responsibilities over to the next generation. They hang on too long. They find their identity in a position or what they've done and they just hang on to that for identity's sake. But, but, but here's the problem with that. Watch this. Someone has said it this way. A success without a successor turns out to be a failure. Whatever you do well, never forget this. The most important thing that you can do is to help someone from the next generation get into a place where they can learn to do it well. Uh, that's what Moses did for Joshua leadership in the Old Testament. That's what the Apostle Paul did for Timothy in the New Testament. But listen, reality check time. When you empower younger generations, they're going to do it different than you. They're going to make mistakes. But, but hold on, don't have a senior moment. <laughs> Remember how you learned to do it well? By learning how not to do it because you made your share of mistakes too. But when you give them space some of them are going to do things way better than you did, but that's good because that means that you have empowered them. You're, you're partially responsible for them doing even better. You know what the alternative is? All right? Talk about a reality check here. Just look at Joshua for the answer. Remember, Moses empowered Joshua. Who did Joshua empower of the next generation? Nobody. And it's one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible when you read this about what happened. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who neither, neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Oh, how many can say, not under my watch? <laughs> One of the most important prayers that we can have is, Lord, even when I'm old and gray, <laughs> my work's not done until, until I declare your power to the next generation. I empower them to walk with you. So mentor, empower. Something else, that another action we can take is to love. Never forget the elders meeting. We were talking about this exact topic about how, you know, we're getting older and, and how can we successfully uh, train and, and pour in what we've learned to the next generation. And I remember in the discussion time, one, one elder, she, she just made this contribution. She says, I can't understand the next generation, but I sure love the next generation. And that, that comes through. That comes through. It also comes through if you're, if you're you know, if you're critiquing them or you're you know, critiquing their clothes or saying, look at their hair, and you shake your heads because of the color or hairstyle on their heads, and, and, and they're always singing these new worship songs. Listen, senior, the next generation is worshiping. Oh, let me share my heart here. Listen, if you and I walk into a church and all we hear is songs from a previous generation, that means that we boomers following Jesus in the church have not done our job because that, uh, that means that they have not made a relationship with Jesus their own so much so that it bursts forth into a new song of praise and worship and their kind of music to the Lord. 
Oh, listen, sing on to the Lord a new song. When you hear new songs, let it be a way of saying, well, it looks like we boomers have, have done our job. Look, that next generation is finding an expression that is their own because Jesus is real to them and they're worshiping the Lord. And then we can pray. We can pray. Something happens when you and I get involved in the younger generations. And think about that, Boomer, as you're planning what ministry or outreach you're going to be involved in this fall. Because I, I just love it when I am asked to uh, work with young adults, work with younger people on our church staff. And because it's just something that happens where what they're going through, I not only understand them more, but what they're going through ends up finding itself into what Esther and I, my wife and I, pray about every evening, and we pray for them. You know, oh, listen, how many hear my heart here? Boomer, would you listen to me? Let's mentor and empower and love and pray for the next generation so that they will have a, a church that has the fire of the Spirit and God's truth burning in it so much so that they have a healthy church and unified church to pass on to their children, our grandchildren, and the generations that follow. Oh, I can, I can sort of hear a, a pastor from a previous generation, Stuart Mulligan, saying right about now, if you believe it, can I hear a good amen? <laughs> All right, we need to imprint something else here. This is not just for the boomers. Listen, dear Gen Xer, millennial, Gen Zetter, and my grandchildren, take the initiative for being mentored, empowered, prayed for, and you'll automatically be loved. You know, we, we, we already talked about what Joshua got wrong, right? He did not empower and mentor a successor, but listen to what Joshua is a model for. Listen to what he got right, all right? Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. But keep on reading. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. wanting something in his relationship with God that he'd seen in, in Moses. You know, he, he didn't just sit at home. <laughs> he got out there with Moses. I want to see how you live. I want to see your, 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 more about, of your spiritual journey, your relationship with God. I want to learn how to pray from you. Listen, listen, younger generations, don't sit at home and say, oh God, please send me a mentor. Get involved in ministries and outreaches where, where you're going to have opportunity to get to know people from older generations in community groups where there, there's not just your age group and, and then ask them questions. Ask them, listen, speak to your younger self here. <laughs> speak to me. What would you do differently if you had your years to do over again? What would you make sure that you did? That you, what did you get right? Ask them questions. If you find somebody that is in your profession, 
in, in career of choice. Just, just, just find out from them, what was it like to live for, for Jesus in that profession? What can I learn from you? Parenting. Find people that you, you see their kids doing well. What did they do that they got right? You know, marriage. You, you, you end up there. No perfect marriage, but you can learn from where they made mistakes, and you can learn from what they got right. Just, just ask the questions as you get to know them. Watch their lives and learn. And they'll automatically love you and mentor you and empower you and all those good things will happen. All right, I need to imprint something else here, all right? Dear follower of Jesus, of every generation, you're already making a bigger impact than you realize. You are. You know, I was visiting my uh, sister in British Columbia. I have two uh, out there, actually, this one, Leanne, and uh, we were into a store together, and she pulled out her, her wallet and uh, I saw some faded, worn little pieces of paper, and, and, and she, she saw me looking, and she, said, she pulled them out. She says, you know, I, I carry these with me, carry these with me for years. And um, they were letters from my grandpa. I have, uh, I have some that I keep from him, you know. <laughs> my grandpa, when he wrote, you know, dear Leanne, dear Keith, you know, uh, I'm praying for you. I'm proud of you. I heard how you did in school and, and live for Jesus and, and all those encouragements that came from just a little note here and there from my grandpa. And here's my sister carrying them with her wherever she goes until they're just faded and falling apart. My grandpa would have had no idea that he had that kind of an impact on his grandchildren. Never would have known that. And you know, I've got people, I told you about, you know, some that if you've been part of the church family, names that you would have heard of, but I, I have people that I've just been privileged to do church life with, you know? I have Sewell Webster, some from the church family would, would know him back in 2011. He went to be with the Lord. I have a note that someone sent me. Dear Pastor Keith, I came this morning feeling like a slave girl. I am walking out after the 9 a.m. service feeling like a king's daughter. And <laughs> thank you. And she signs it. Just, just, you know, people from, they, they would have no idea. I, you know, Wanda LeBlanc just messed up, but Jesus transformed her life. When I see her name, it just reminds me, yeah, what you're doing is making a difference in the lives of people. And, and but they would have no idea. And, how much that they have impacted me. And it's the same for me. I have been surprised. I remember one time I was being introduced by a Bible college president. I was speaking to uh, the, the, the students at the college, and he began to tell about how when I was his pastor in Ottawa, how I would drive him home from babysitting our boys and... Uh, and just pour into his life, and he remembered everything that I said, kid from a single-parent home, and he, he just remembered it. I, I was introduced by our district superintendent here doing a pastor board seminar, board seminars in our district, and you know what he said? He said, he worked with me for, I think, less than two years here at this church, and, and he said, every time I face a decision, I ask, what would Keith Smith do? And I'm thinking, Really? You know, I remember, uh, no idea 
that, that impact. I remember a dad in this church, a professional man, very successful, but he said, you know what, I, everything I learned about fathering, I learned from you. And I'm thinking, really? Come on. We, we have, but we have no idea. Do you hear what, hear what I'm saying? Some of the most impactful mentoring you and I have is just when we're living for Jesus ourselves. All the credit goes to him because he's the one that has made us into the people that we have grown to be. And one of my sons observed, you know, that it was, it's, it's being in a church in a youth group where young adults, just the generation before them, a few years ahead of them maybe, uh, that th were the leaders in the group, how that made a big impact. I remember one of them being interviewed, and they said, they said, Dad, they made following Jesus cool in a way that you and Mom could not do. <laughs> I remember that. And then, uh, but there's just something about the generation ahead of you can have such an impact on you. Some of you may remember when I said this a number of years ago, each generation should be able to look at the generation ahead of them to see what it looks like to live for Jesus when they get to that age, you know? See, and, and when you do that, it's just amazing the impact that you had. Okay, we, we've got to bring this in for a landing and for our, our prayer time today. But listen, I have pastored a lot of people in some of the greatest churches in Canada. And you know who die with the greatest impact? Those that kept a tender heart to the Lord. <laughs> through all they experienced, because they're the ones that kept an effective ministry going to people. I've observed way too many, way too many, who once had a tender heart to the Lord, and, 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 and they, they were effective in ministering to other people of other generations, but then they evolved over the years into one of those cranky, cantankerous seniors who got so crusty, and, and, and they lost their influence. They, they did so well for years. What happened? And you, you'd listen to their stories. Oh, they've been hurt by the kids. They've been let down by their spouse. They've been offended by the church. They've lost their place of influence in the church. A pastor or a leader let them down and their hearts began to harden. You know, I came home as, uh, from a, a church meeting, a district meeting in in Edmonton, and and I, someone that I really admired, said some very harsh and hurtful and wrong things, and they had done some wrong things. And I remember coming home from that meeting, just feeling so grieved and so hurt, so let down. And and, and I, you know, it, there was a, there was a possibility that Keith Smith's heart could just start to harden. Oh, that's what you know, people can become like that you admire. And I, I, I'll never forget, I, I just came home from the meeting and my boys were out in the backyard playing in a sandbox I had built for them and they were just, uh, just preschool and maybe kindergarten and I, I uh, put on my shorts and I went out to them and they're driving their cars and digging holes in the sandbox and I, and I went out to them, hi dad, and then right back to playing, you know, I said, boys, I want to tell you something and never forget it. And they just stopped and looked at me. And I said, boys, tough skin, but tender heart. Whatever you go through, boys, it makes you have to just toughen up to deal with it. Keep your heart tender to the Lord. You know what? They remembered that. 
But I've had to double down on that over the years. You know, people let downs and plans that fall through and you, things that don't go the way you think that they should. You know, injustices of life and, and things that happen, even in the church world. And I've had to double down on that and say, I'm just going to keep my eyes on Jesus. <laughs> Tough skin, but tender heart. I remember when I was on the... Uh, finishing up being lead pastor and Pastor Jonathan asked me to come back as teaching pastor and at this church and while I was on sabbatical there was a verse that I just memorized and it says this mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong I said that's what I want to do for the rest of my life oh boomer let's 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 finish well Let's pray. So Father, thank you for the generations before us who showed us what it looks like to live all of our lives for you. Lord, help me, help us, every older generation, help us to do that for the generations that follow us when we're old and gray. Do not forsake us, O God, till we declare your power to the next generation. Help us to mark a straight path for our feet so that those who follow us, even those who are weak and lame, will not fall but become strong. Right until we see you face to face, O God. May we stand before you with a, with a tender heart to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. May we hear that from you. Every one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.